0: Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: (laughs) Bonnie in the house. I love that promo. Thank you, Ryan Treasure, my co-producer here on our brand new series called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. And we named the series this because we believe that the future hasn't happened yet. Whoops, the word yet. It's now in the past, but it was in the future before I said it. So we're all part of making that future a better one for everyone. Our topic today is powerful, it's edgy, it's interesting. We may open some minds today, we may open some doors today, and that's what we're hoping to do. The topic is Tech Goes to College. Opening Doors Literally and Figuratively for Unique Ability Students. Let me give you a couple of articles, uh, excerpts from some press that I found that was actually sent to me by one of our panelists, Tricia Parrish, and this will set us up for some of the things you're going to hear today. We do have an amazing panel. So here's the buzz today. I have an article here from edsmart.org, and here's the quote. The transition from high school to college life is difficult enough for any number of students without considering a disability. Odds are that if you have a disability and you made it through high school, you've done it with the help of a very disciplined and structured routine order of classes. However... College life is a very different game, allowing students to make a lot of choices and decisions for themselves. So that's quote number one. Let me go to quote number two. This is from a man named, uh, let's see, Brian Stromer, S-G-R-O-M-E-R. I found this in Forbes. Trisha found this for me, actually. And he says, as a marketer, Brian Stromer has gotten to traver- travel internationally and regularly attends conferences. He describes cerebral palsy as part of his identity. Here's the quote from Brian Stromer. If someone has already written me off because of the way I walk gives me the opportunity to prove them wrong and exceed their expectations while also hopefully redefining how they think about disability. What a powerful quote. And one more. This is from collegechoice.net. That's a website. Here's the quote. The Vocational Rehabilitation Act of 1973 was a landmark achievement. As a result of the law, many college campuses began to rethink their facilities, their programs, and their curriculums. With the addition of Powered accessible doors, wheelchair ramps, and elevators in all multi floor buildings, however, there 's always a caveat even though eighty six percent of universities enroll and educate students with disabilities, only twenty four percent of the schools they polled say they offer those students assistance quote to a major extent. That's a reality check. So we have four experts on the panel today. We're going to do a shout-out to one of our panelists who is ill today, Jerry Altamirano at the University of Florida. We're thinking of you, Jerry, and hope you have a speedy recovery, and we'll get you on a future show. So we have four experts about the future of higher education for students of not only all abilities, but students with unique abilities. So my panelists today are Tricia Parrish, P-A-R-R-I-S-H, who with her daughter Delena Parrish. They're both the co-founders of Fearless Independence, LLC. We'll find out about their company. They're joined by Dr. Ali Parrish. DPT that's Doctor of Physical Therapy she's a medical consultant for their company and she happens to be Trisha's daughter and Delena's sister and we're also joined by Jared Rowles R-O-W-L-E-S he's an assistive technology professional and seating and mobility specialist with a company called New Motion so thank you for joining us let's go around the table and have each of our panelists introduce themselves Trisha Parrish let's hear from you first
2: Hey, Bonnie, good morning. I'm here in Gainesville, Florida, um, home of rock stars and football legends, but today I'm going to hurry home to the Central Florida East Coast where I'm afraid we're going to be preparing for a nasty storm that is coming our way. Um, I studied advertising and journalism here at the University of Florida when social media probably meant socializing in person, And Podcasts were for whale researchers, but (laughs) jumping straight from a great education into the recession in the 80s uh, taught me how to survive in the competitive ad agency business in Atlanta and Central Florida, where I honed my craft of writing for most media, as well as uh, special event planning and public relations. I also owned my own company that specialized in crisis communication and real estate marketing, uh, radio was always my favorite medium to write for, though, Bonnie, so I'm excited to be here with you today, and um, I'm positive that these decades and these fields trained me uh, for this calling of advocacy that is uh, crucial for so many, and I'm honored you've selected this emerging topic uh, to discuss today. Thank you. Thank you, Trisha. I'm honored that you uh, accepted
1: the invitation and that you've gathered such a wonderful panel. Tell me just before we move on to Delana, I know she's ready to talk. But Trisha, what is Fearless Independence? When did you and Delana start it, and what does the company do?
2: I think Fearless Independence was actually begun when Delana was in high school, and she started designing adaptive clothing for herself and. Uh, jumped into the world of adaptive fashion in New York and different places with a lot of fabulous mentors. And now uh, she uses the platform, we use the platform to advocate for people of all abilities, for parents, for families, educators, uh, people in the faith community, so that we can share that possibilities are endless for anyone with a unique personality and unique needs it's it's very a positive future
1: we're seeing thank you very much we love the positivity I don't use that word very often but I like let's say optimism inspiration just looking good things happening I love that Tricia, welcome and thank you for joining me and thanks for all your research let's go to Delana Parrish Delana, welcome and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself
3: please Thank you, Bonnie, for having us today. Thankfully, technology has dramatically improved in my lifetime, opening so many doors for the differently labels such as myself. For those who don't know me, my name is Delena and I am in the lovely sunshine city of Gainesville, Florida, home of the Florida Gators. I'm a third-generation Gator and the sixth in my family to attend the University of Florida, when I just started my senior year, majoring in marketing with a double or minor in entrepreneurship and retail. Most of you are probably thinking that you're listening to a computer. Well, you are correct. I was born with cerebral palsy, affecting my speech and motor control of my muscles. What you are hearing is my augmentative communication device called a Tobii Dynavox, which allows me to type with my eyes Through my life challenges, I have learned the value of being a creative innovator as well as a strategic visionary. The journey of storytelling and meeting new people encouraged me to start a lifestyle brand called Fearless Independence. Its mission is to promote personal empowerment and body confidence by advocating for equal opportunities in life, career, and fashion for those with all abilities.
1: Thank you, Delana. That was lovely. And and those of you just tuning in, Delana is speaking through a Toby Dynavox, D Y N A V O X, and Toby is T O B I I. If you want to look it up and find out, it is, I believe. Uh, Tricia, help me with this. It is I. Uh, she's using her eyes to speak to the device, and the device is translating her thoughts. Is that how how it works? Yes, yeah. uh, Tricia.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there, there's a. There's eye gaze at the bottom of the device, and she uses it to type or uh, for major presentations or uh, events like this. So, yes, it's, it's amazing. And there's multiple voices you can choose from, and uh, hopefully that's something in the future where we can get even more voices so that personality can be defined through um, speaking devices as well.
1: Thank you. Delana. that was beautiful, actually. And you are coming across so clear and so sharp. The Dynavox is working beautifully. Just want you to know. We're next with Allie Parrish, Dr. Parrish, a doctor of physical therapy. Allie, welcome to Tech Revolution. And we'd love to hear you introduce yourself, please.
4: Hi, Bonnie. Well, thank you for having me. This is a really exciting topic. Uh, Not only am I a pediatric physical therapist, but obviously I'm the big sister to someone whose life journey includes the challenges of cerebral palsy. Her journey into higher education has been a lesson for us all. Um, I myself am very eager to incorporate cutting-edge technology and research with traditional care that I do for all populations served by physical therapy. I myself have always envisioned being part of a collaborative team whose mission is really to seek solutions, innovate, and ultimately heal. Um, I feel that physical therapists in particular can play a vital role in design, development, and implementation for our future technologies. So, I believe that rather than being passive consumers of these technologies, that PT specifically must evolve as proactive partners and collaborate with a variety of professionals. So I'm excited to talk about this and excited to hear from the rest of the panel.
1: Thank you very much. And Allie, I understand you're the medical consultant to the organization <laughs> that your mother and sister have created, Fearless Independence. Did they invite you to come mm-hmm. on board as a medical consultant? Or did you say, hey, Mom, hey, Delena,
4: what about me? How did that happen? <laughs> yes, yes. We've, we've worked together for a long time, and it's it's been quite a family process as well, and it just, it just made sense, I think, for all of us, and um, I'm just happy to be a part of the team and provide knowledge where I can about the body and how it moves and what people's needs are in physical aspect. Thank you
1: so. very much. Such a pleasure to have you on. And now let's go to the one person on the panel who is not a family member, but I bet he knows them <laughs> well. It's Jared Rolls. Jared, welcome, and please introduce yourself. What do you do, and what is new motion?
0: Hey, Good morning. So my title is a little bit difficult to explain to people that um, don't have a ton of experience. Um, Essentially, I am a provider of assistive technology, which is anything that's mobility related. So manual wheelchairs, power wheelchairs, etc. I work for a large national company called New Motion. We actually cover 43 states and have about 420, 425 ATPs like myself across the country um, that do similar things to what I do. I started doing this 13 years ago in Maine, where I'm from, and ended up moving to Boston and then moving to Atlanta and then moving down here to Orlando, where hopefully this is the end of the road for me as far as the moving goes, because I've Get kind of tired of it after a while, but I um, I actually met Delana and Trisha uh, five years ago now. Before I think she was a junior in high school, so before she started her journey into uh, into college. And um, I've seen them multiple times since um, to make some adjustments and try to make things, you know, her her transition into school a little bit easier, so she can um, be as independent as possible. And oddly enough, I met Allie through work, and it took me probably a year or so to realize that it was Delana's sister.
1: Oh, (laughs) interesting. Well, we got the whole family here, and and welcome, Jared. Pleasure. How did you pick this line of work, by the way? Was this something that was near and dear to you, or was it, quote-unquote, just a job that opened up and you said, hey, that sounds interesting? Just give me a little insight.
0: So it's a little bit of both. If I'm feeling nostalgic, I'd like to say that it chose me Um in the, you know, in the reality, I kind of fell into it. Um I was in a, a related field and I, my boss one day said, hey, do you want to start doing wheelchairs? And I said, I don't know, you know, what does that mean? So we kind of started talking about it and, you know, I started small working mostly with nursing homes and then um ended up getting a wheelchair for my grandmother when she was in the nursing home battling Alzheimer's. And I'd say that was probably the turning point for me as far as uh, what I thought that my my reach could be and what the impact of of what I do on a daily basis could could be. So um, I started seeing, uh, started doing a lot with pediatrics. I started doing a lot with uh, adults with neurological conditions. and the the further you delve into this the the larger the the world kind of opens up as far as what the possibilities and and you know really the impact that you can have so it didn't take long for me to fall in love with it and you know this is this is my chosen path
1: Jared I'm not a medical professional but I'm going to give a diagnosis on you I'm going to say you have a big heart Okay. Just, just take that the way it did. Just uh, listening to you Mm -hmm. talk. So, you're so eloquent and articulate, and, and I appreciate your answering my question. Thank you. This is the part of the show where each of my panelists has sent me an interesting quote that's future focused. It doesn't have to have the word future in it, but it's from, their quotes are from books, movies, songs. People, uh, anything that, that appeal to them in terms of a look into the future, because that's what we're talking about here on Technology Revolution, the future of now. So Tricia Parrish has sent us a quote from Steve Case, the co-founder of AOL, America Online, and the author of The Third Wave, an entrepreneur's vision of the future. Here's the quote. Everybody listen up. This is a keeper, Trisha. It's a great quote. The Stone Age didn't end because we ran out of stone. <laughs> it ended because we invented something better. So, Tricia, why don't you take about a minute and a half or so and tell me what this quote means to you in terms of our topic about tech, taking people like your wonderful Delena to college.
2: Sure. Well, Steve used his iteration and a variation on a theme. It's been used with shouty oil men and different people to describe what is happening in the future in their industry, I was drawn to it because, as odd as it sounds, I see disability as disrupting for the something better, um, so that when we turn our liabilities into our greatest assets, remarkable change is going to occur. And when um, he spoke about the third wave, we know that he argues that it's a period of time when entrepreneurs are going to vastly transform major real-world sectors such as health and education and transportation, energy and food, um, and in the process, uh, change the way we live our daily lives. This is all, these are all key components and advantages that are going to allow students, especially those with unique needs, to have success in higher education. Maybe that and faster food delivery, of course. But I think that the entrepreneurs that we are seeing coming out of the millennials and the Gen Zers are definitely going to invent the something better not only for those with disabilities, but for the population in general.
1: Thank you very much. Disruption can be exciting and it can be positive. It used to be a bad thing. Uh, Tricia, you you get employees. I I interviewed somebody who wrote a book about creativity and innovation, and it was considered for years that, oh, an innovative disruptive employee was going to shake things up in a bad way and not follow the protocol, the guidelines, the handbook. And now it's like, let's get those innovative disruptors in there. Let's listen to them and let's use those ideas. So the time has come. Thank you. Wonderful quote. Now we're moving on to Delena Parrish. And Delena has sent us a quote from Steve Jobs, Apple co-founder. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick little story here, Delena, before I read the quote. On October 5th, 2011, I launched, My first Game Changers radio show, which I still do. I have 43 series I produce and host for SAP, the global software company. And that day was special not only because it was my first corporate radio show, but because we found out about two hours later that that was the day Steve Jobs passed away. So it it Mm. inked it in my memory forever that I had a radio show just at the time the news was breaking. No, no link at all. There's no causality, thank you. But and the show was very weird because I. I had three guests, and two of them were in Europe skiing, and they forgot to call in. So it was me and one person for an hour talking about mobility. How's that for a connection, Jared? We talked about <laughs> mobility. But it was business mobility. It was not physical mobility. So there. So Delena has sent us this quote from Steve Jobs. Great quote. Everyone here has the sense that right now is one of those moments when we are influencing the future. Delena, please tell me how you picked this quote.
3: the world knows, Steve Jobs is the epitome of a societal and technological visionary. My interpretation of this quote is a little different from the typical perspective. Over the years, I have been mentored by multiple incredible professionals in a variety of industries, whether in retail, assistive technology, or higher education. They all had a profound impact on how I viewed my surroundings and how I could use my unique perspective on life to influence future for others at that moment. I strongly believe that my timing was perfect when I entered college because the inclusive movement for students with disabilities was gaining steam. However, since this movement was quite new, I saw an opportunity to shape what inclusivity looks like at a major university. When I graduate this spring, I hope the legacy I leave behind will encourage future Gators to continue to push the boundaries of the idea of inclusion. Thank you
1: very much. Love the quote, Delaney, and, and really appreciate your very articulate discussion of it. Thank you so much, Dr. Allie mm-hmm. Parrish. You're next, and Ali has sent us a, let's see, I think it's a one, two, three, four, five words, and one of them is a hyphenated word, one of the shortest quotes we've had in a while. The quote comes from Al Harrison. Those of you scratching your head saying, who's Al Harrison? Well, if you saw the fabulous movie Hidden Figures 2016, the story of a team of female African-American mathematicians, very much in the background. And struggling, who served a vital role in NASA during the early years of the U.S. space program. It was quite a movie, and if you haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. Al Harrison was played by Kevin Costner, as I said. Here's the quote. Listen up. Progress is a double-edged sword. Dr. Ali Parrish, please tell us what this means to you for our topic today.
4: Yeah. Well, Bonnie, as you mentioned, there this was a time where there was a lot of excited, exciting changes and innovation happening at NASA. Well, side note: I'm from the Space Coast, where I could usually view all the launches from my bedroom window, so that was pretty special. But in this quote in particular, the main character in the movie, the main character, um, eventually became replaced by technology because she couldn't process data as fast as the new computers, the new machine. And as it applies today, I agree: progress is great. I know that technology helps me process data faster, get results, and overall increase my productivity. But on the other side of that, I feel that human insight is extremely valuable. Trusting something like technology or data that can't be seen is is really hard, especially when considering someone's health or their safety. Um, I really believe that humans will always have a role in providing valuable feedback and interpretation and reassurance as we integrate technology into our professions, education, and lives.
1: Thank you very much, Ali. Very interesting. It is, it is indeed. This is a big discussion in the corporate world. We're talking about machine learning, artificial intelligence, deep learning, and the question is: people are afraid their jobs will be replaced by robots. I did a show on uh, meet your new coworker, a robot. We did a show on that a couple of weeks ago. It's not going to happen at the higher levels, but this means people need to be aware of opportunities to retrain to learn new skills. Companies need to open new opportunities. To to people who've been loyal employees and help them retool their skill set so that they can become part of the new workforce, and that's what's going to happen. But you're right, and there's always that question of, you want the human touch, right Allie? progress is great, but mm-hmm. you want you want a person eventually mm-hmm. on the other end that 's what we all want that 's why we 're all real people here talking so let 's go to Jared Rolls and jared has, jared has sent us a quote from another great movie, castaway. Can you believe it 's almost twenty years ago jared it 's a two thousand drama romance film, and the character who says the following quote was called Chuck Noland played by Tom Hanks Castaway. He was a FedEx employee, and he was on an island for a long, long time alone with a ball. Let's just leave it at that. Here's the quote. Tomorrow the sun will rise, and who knows what the tide will bring. Jared, how would you pick this quote?
0: Well, first of all, it's really scary that it's 19 years old because it makes me feel super old. Um, But, you know, it was funny because it was the first thing that came to my mind because In, in our industry, it's super easy to get really discouraged, um, about your situation and your, um, you know, your, maybe your lack of ability to do things. And there's so many companies that are working on the latest and greatest. And we don't always know because the companies aren't, you know, super forthcoming with, Hey, this is, this is coming out, but it's going to be another two years or another five years or, or however long. So, you know, it's, it's really important to just. You know, take it day by day and, and hope that the next day will bring something that will, you know, bring some enrichment and, and something to, you know, fulfill something that was absent in your, in your day the, the day before.
1: Thank you. A lot of optimism in there and wonderment. I sense wonderment. I saw the movie and I loved it. Yes, it is scary. Would you believe this is the 20th anniversary this year, Jared, of the movie The Matrix? And I get so many quotes on my radio shows from from guests <laughs> who quote, I've never seen the movie, but I know a lot of what Spoon Boy said and what uh, Morpheus <laughs> said and what Trinity said. I, it was weeks and weeks and weeks people were sending me Matrix quotes. So there you go. A lot of movies are turning almost grown up this year. Year. I'm going to, Tricia, I'm just going to read the quote that Jerry Altamirano sent us. He's an assistant dean and director of the Disability Resource Center at the University of Florida, and he has a master's degree in clinical rehabilitation counseling from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. He's ill today. We miss you, Jerry. Just let me read the quote he sent us because I think everybody will appreciate it. It's from Johnny Stones from December 23rd, 2015, and from The Truth Inside of You. And here's the quote. When you are born in a world you don't fit in, it's because you were born to help create a new one. Just let that sink in. We're not going to talk about it. I just wanted to honor Jerry by he did the did the prep and I just wanted to say thank you for the wonderful mm-hmm. quote and I think all of you on the panel are part of living that quote. So let's go around the table. Now it's time for our predictions. We're going to go with the number one prediction each of my panelists sent me, and we'll get them to talk about their predictions, and then we'll go to number two and number three. And if we run out of predictions, we'll pick up a couple from Jerry, even though he's not here. So Trisha Paris sent me the following. Here's her first prediction. As current social stigmas are lessening, disability stigmas will be perceived as positive opportunities for incoming technology builders, impact investors, and opinion leaders. That's a wow of a prediction. Trisha, you got to unpack mm-hmm. that for me, please. What does this all mean?
2: Well, that's how I felt as well. I think that our kids are now the cool kids, and I think that timing has perfectly converged for entrepreneurs to embrace disability as a building block for their companies, both internally and externally, Um, they're going to be building a bridge to a community of valued worth for those with unique abilities. And once this happens, I believe that change will occur with policymakers in the marketplace, in education, and throughout our world. Um, I especially love Elena 's quote, is I do believe the millennials and Gen Zers have it right, that they are not going to connect with your business or your message unless your values are inclusive to a wide scope of society. We're going to see the ugliness of stigma, which has been around forever and ever, typecasting, secluding, being dropped, and we're going to see a beautiful veil being lifted of those with unique body types and personalities. Right now, Bonnie, they're being marketed to. You know they're being designed for. Mm-hmm. They're being featured and exposed like never before, and I find it fascinating. Um, I also think that tech companies are rebranding existing products and in some cases exposing the most, pardon the pun, fearless collaborations mm-hmm. just as Tommy Hilfiger did with Runway of Dreams and Adaptive Clothing, or Nike with the flyies, or Amazon Adaptive, which sells hundreds of adaptive products now. Um, but remember, it all starts with the, the the consumer and his or her needs, and in the case of disability, there's about 40 million potential customers in the United States alone. So those numbers mean that impact investors who see financial and societal gains are going to jump in jump into the game, and those are individuals or entities who invest because they support the message and the mission of the company, and they have a stake in the company's welfare, not just their profits. And then finally, as this is happening, new opinions are being formed by decision makers and Mm -hmm. policy makers at the state and national level, and employers and media, and people like you, Bonnie, who are willing to share the message of inclusion.
1: Thank you. You're very kind. Very, very kind. I'm. I'm very honored to have all of you here today. Thank you so much. Very powerful statement you just shared with us for your pred- your first prediction, Tricia. Let's mm-hmm. move to Delana. Delana has sent us a very interesting prediction. Here, here. I will read it, and then Delana will tell us what it all means to her. She says higher education institutions will more fully integrate universal design and universal learning practices as part of their campus and curriculum delivery in order to attract students with differing abilities and differing learning styles. Delena, you are living this. You are part of this. So tell me how you're predicting how will it come to be that there will be more full integration of this. Go ahead, Delena.
3: We all know that the traditional model of higher learning will continue to evolve, both online and on campus, in order to better prepare students for the global marketplace. But how is this evolving for the student with the unique ability to has a vastly different background from the traditional student, whatever that is? To get there, universal design should be incorporated, which looks at the overall environment holistically for usability by all people. To all men, this universal learning incorporates tailored goals, methods, assessments, and internships, for example... I hired a fashion designer to create a unique internship just for me in my home over the summer and use that experience to launch my blog, company, and brand. Rather than just expecting colleges to accommodate a wide dimension of people, students should be encouraged to advocate for their own learning style that meets university standards. All these can lead to richer classroom discussions. And more collaborative takeaways. Specifically for universal design within technology, this can be as simple as adding closed captioning to videos or mm-hmm. promoting e-textbooks. For another example, I utilize a note-taking system called LiveScribe, which records everything from the lecture on digitized paper and syncs the written notes from the actual paper to a tablet. If accessibility was emphasized in higher education curricula at the onset, future developers and engineers would be better qualified to design solutions with accessibility in mind.
1: Thank you very much, Delena. I was just getting a comment from Aaron, our engineer, Aaron Keller, at the Business Channel. He says the DynaBox has inflection. There, it's, it's like a human yes. talking... It's wonderful. Those of you just tuning in, this is Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, and we're talking about how tech is helping people like Delena and so many of her colleagues who are unique ability students to go to college and thrive and succeed. And she was just talking in her open, in her first prediction about universal design. If you're not sure what that is, let me just read a quick definition here. I, of course, I Googled it on Wikipedia. Universal design is the design of buildings, products or environments to make them accessible to all people, regardless of age, disability, or other factors. The term universal design was coined by the architect Ronald Mace, M-A-C-E, to describe the concept of designing all products and the built environment to be aesthetic and usable to the greatest extent possible by everyone, regardless of their age, ability, or status in life. However, it was the work of Selwyn Goldsmith, author of Designing for the Disabled back in 1963, who pioneered the concept of free access for people with disabilities. And his achievement was the dropped curb, which is now a standard feature. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Barrier-free, that's what we're talking about. So thank you, Delaine. A Wonderful first prediction, mm-hmm. a lot of good information there. Dr. Allie Parish mm-hmm. has sent us the following one. This focuses on what she does for a living. She predicts physical therapists will readily use their expertise through Internet or media platforms. Allie, talk to me.
4: Yes, Um, students are really attached to their technology now more than ever. We really live in an on-demand society. So individuals who seek higher education opportunities and need immediate or long-term care don't necessarily really want to wait weeks for an appointment. As our patients are learning the new fast-paced lifestyle and transitioning to higher education, they're really starting to ask us for more time efficient and less costly options than a traditional weekly appointment. The, uh, the programs that I'm talking about would not only allow therapists to monitor their performance or track their progress in real time, but also enable them to physically see their patients performing their exercises and then provide feedback. So an example that's really kind of coming to light right now in our field is something called telehealth, which is the use of electronic communication to kind of remotely provide healthcare information and different services. So I really feel that in the future that our students on college campuses or seeking other higher education opportunities, they should have access as well um, through telehealth or some other similar platform or application or media.
1: Thank you very much. That's very forward looking. And I'm sure you're looking looking forward, no pun intended to being able to use it more into having your colleagues use it and and make it beneficial to your clients. Thank you. Jared Rolls at New Motion has sent us the following prediction. His first one is new technology innovations, will always be too late for someone. Well, Jared, this is provocative. Talk to me. What does this mean?
0: So, um, you know, first of all, when it comes to my, you know, the complex rehab, uh, you know, industry and, um, you know, mobility, mobility is not just about getting from A to B. It's about what you do there when it's about what you do when you get to point B. So there's a lot of other companies that are developing, um, you know, Bluetooth technology that can, uh, you know, interact with the world around you, infrared technology that can operate your television and your, you know, your radio and, and what have you. But with, I guess, with um, the technology that's that's um, kind of coming out, there are other companies that aren't really involved in this space that are, are doing other things. So Amazon, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexa can basically control just about everything in your house, so the wheelchair manufacturers have a lot of work to do to be able to make sure that that can interact with the environment around you so it 's great that a, a company can can come out with a way to control you know this device, but that device needs to be able to receive that communication from the chair as well, so if they 're not really on the same level playing field then you know it's it's not they're not exactly climbing the ladder at the same pace
1: thank you very much very interesting yep it's uh, What do they used to say, Jared? It's an idea whose time has come, but you're saying sometimes it's, it's come too late. Thank you very much. Let's go around the panel and let's go to predictions number two. Let's see if we can get all of these in and maybe even we can sque- we have time to squeak in number three. So, Tricia Parrish, prediction number two. The process of transitioning to higher education with special needs will become less intimidating, less convoluted, and more attainable. Tricia, briefly, what does this mean to our topic?
2: Yes, um, and before we move on, I just wanted to add one note on to what Jared spoke about with mm-hmm. mobility, and I just want to share with our listeners that we shouldn't use the phrase wheelchair-bound. Um, we should use the phrase wheelchair gives us wings for freedom and wings to fly. So using wheelchair-bound puts us in a, a space where uh, of confinement that doesn't need to be there. I just wanted to share that. But, um, well put. The process of transitioning to higher education is very, very complex, and it's hard enough for students to prepare for college, but then when you add medical and caregiving and financial transportation and often the coordination with many agencies, It's often a deal-breaker for many families. Um, Yes, there is a guarantee of equal education once you're there, even if you score a 33 on your ACT, but let me share that it can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, Mm -hmm. truly, if you cannot figure out how to navigate the system in America. From experience, I know it took our family three years of intense preparation for our daughter to get to her happy place at college, which is two and a half hours away from our home. Um, And I just kept thinking there's got to be a better way. So I'm hoping that there's going to be a tech solution that can connect many of the potential issues that um, students with disabilities face. A lot of it has to do with transportation. A lot of it has to do with caregiving, and as an example, traditional caregiving um, on college campuses is not what students want today, so I feel that we've been on the front end of modifying what that looks like here at the University of Florida by hiring other college students to help with caregiving. Um, and no one at this age wants a 50-something walking across campus with them or setting up their computers. Um, mm-hmm. But the cost for care for delaying alone is over $100,000 a year. So I have to prepare with numerous agencies how to get that funding approved. Uh, again, transportation is a big issue. I also think that there are... Uh, sites that could be made available, and if there's something I can work on um, for providing the best apps for college students with disabilities, that's something that needs to happen. But it's going to get there. It's just daunting for most people right now.
1: It sounds like it's daunting in so many ways, physically and emotionally and financially. Just quickly, I want to move on to Delaina's next prediction, but Tricia, how much of the learning of higher education now is available to students like Delaina as telecommuting, in other words, online education? Is that an option? Is that being used by...
2: Absolutely, it's an option, but it does confine a student to a place where they don't get the full inclusion process, so... You know, by not having that um, does exclude them. So it's better to be on a campus, or it's Botech or sure. if it's a, a local college, any place that you can connect with the humans, and collaboration, I think, is better.
1: Thank you. I agree. I just wanted to bring that up. Thank you so much. Delana Parrish, prediction number two. This is a good one. Diversity collaboration, we've got quotes around that phrase, will become a core offering in higher education. Delana, please tell me more.
3: The goal with diversity collaboration is to create real world solutions to real world challenges for the 20 to 25% of our population that has or identified with disabilities both seen and unseen. This is life. All of us mix up together. We cannot isolate innovation in a lab. It has to be experiential where we learn together how to problem solve with our able-bodied peers. We have to bring the challenges to the football stadium on game day, to the sidewalk, to the lecture hall, and yes, even to the restroom and lesson these challenges takes a true understanding of the issue and empathy. I hope that colleges, both tech, and even high schools will develop collaboration, curriculum, and up, and design them cooperatively with students of varying abilities. More than that, the classes will be offered in an entrepreneurial and tech-focused environment between, the engineering and health fields, fashion design and anatomy and entrepreneurship and finance. I know our university has a vast array of medical colleges, yet there is little hands-on applications where those students work directly with disabled students on campus. What better way to learn? We could ask questions like, how can we work on this project together if you cannot write? Or how can low vision be an asset to our design? Or why can't wheelchairs have space in the student section at football games? Mm-hmm. Or how are finals impacted by your migraine? This will encourage problem solving on an organic and innovative level between peers who understand each other's needs better than most. Don't you agree?
1: I do agree. I think it's wonderful. By the way, if you're just tuning in, uh, Delena Parrish is one of our special guests today, along with Trisha Parrish and Dr. Ali Parrish and Jared Rolls. And Delena is speaking through eye gaze through a device called a Dynavox, which is a, a computed voice that is expressing her thoughts through her eye gaze where she communicates what she's thinking and very eloquent. Delana, you sound wonderful. Your Dynavox is beautiful. We're getting <laughs> such a clear reception. So let's go to prediction number two. I want to move faster now. Uh, Ali Parrish says, in the next 10 to 15 years, physical therapists will know how to seamlessly integrate cutting-edge technology and robotic rehabilitation into their practice. Allie, this sounds exciting. Tell me more.
4: Yes, absolutely. Um, Technology-based rehab systems such as robotics and virtual reality are really encouraging and are really coming more to the forefront of our profession and really helping deliver more individualized care without the extra cost and effort of therapists. But I think this, you know, or I predict that this will be accessible by everyone, including those living away from home as they, you know, attend college or other higher education. Um, This makes me Really excited because I feel like right now, especially with Delaina's experience, that our campus gyms in particular could start to offer more than your regular treadmill. You know, when we have these robotics Mm -hmm. and virtual reality things coming, I think these could start to be integrated and I can start to see them be on campus with properly trained staff, on-site therapists. They could consider having more adaptive um, exercise equipment. There's some things like robotic exoskeletons or um, treadmills or anti-gravity treadmills even that use different types of technology that can help those who have difficulty walking still get their fitness and get their exercise in. So I really predict that there's going to be a variety of options for our future students, either at their gyms or maybe even in their dorms.
1: Thank you very much. Let me move on to Jared Rolls, prediction number two. And Jared, no matter how much time we're squeezed at the end of the show, I want to make sure we also get your prediction number three. So I'll be squeezing that in somewhere in the next few minutes. Number two, non-CRT companies help will help push innovation and independence in the, quote, wheelchair world, unquote. Jared, talk to me.
0: So CRT, um, again, is complex rehab technology and For the longest time, you know, the the whole process is basically not just to find out about what your mobility needs are, but what your day-to-day needs are. And I really believe that a lot of these other tech companies that don't have a lot to do with wheelchairs or other mobility devices are going to have a lot more influence than they've had recently um, into that independence technologically. And if you take, for example... Um, on your phone, if you have a, an Apple phone or an Android phone, there are certain accessibility options that uh, will allow you to operate that that device, uh, you know, a little bit more adequately. And the wheelchair has the ability to connect into that and, and be able to use the chair to actually operate your phone or your computer or what have you. Mm. Um, AT&T, for instance... Uh, Three years ago, I believe it was. Now, they worked with one of the larger wheelchair companies that um, that I work with, and they actually developed a fully integrated power wheelchair that had um, the you know GPS capabilities and and a lot more. And now, the result of that is a Connect module where every chair that is that is shipped actually has a SIM card built into it. And that SIM card uh, basically will broadcast if you choose to have it on your geographic location, and they're working to develop, uh, you know, maps that you can access on your phone that would show you more accessible places. Uh, it also will, um, on on uh, certain intervals that you can change, it can report back kind of what's going on with your equipment so that you don't have. Um, any repair needs or any down days. So it'll, it'll basically report back what your batteries are doing, what your motors are doing, if you need to charge the chair and, and all that information is accessible to the person that uses it as well. So I feel like in the future, as things get, uh, you know, more technolo- technological and more, and, and, uh, you know, more brilliant, I guess to say, um, it's going to have a really big impact on our, um, on our people.
1: Thank you very much. That's very, very exciting. It's about time, isn't it, Jared? We are doing that for CARS. Mm -hmm where cars have technology, they have sensors, Internet of Things sensors that can say, hey, Bob, you're about to blow a belt in your in your uh, cooling device in your car. I'm not much <laughs> of a car person. <laughs> we've made an appointment three miles ahead at uh, Jerry's Motor, Motor Haven, and we're going to get you in there, and you're going to get the belt replaced and just have your credit card ready, mm-hmm. or we've already put it on. So if we can do that for cars, why can't we do it for wheelchairs? I'm looking at the clock here. We've got six minutes left. So I'm going to look through predictions number three and see if there's anything, that I want to make sure uh, I'm going to pick one from Delena. <coughs> Delena, I think you're ready for this prediction number three both tech and human con- connection will help equalize mm-hmm. the interviewing and recruitment process which today is anything but equal can you briefly tell me about this it sounds exciting Delena, go ahead I may only be 22 but I have had some
3: amazing life experiences with the few global friends I like them I want to work with them think the business world is waking up to discover that people with disabilities are not only employable, but are essential for profitability as well as their diversity initiatives. But we need a chance with employers to make an impression. We are the third largest market segment in America. Inclusivity goes beyond the walls of lecture halls. It impacts how students envision life after college. At the end of the day, Most students go to college for one common goal, to gain knowledge so they can land their dream job or have the knowledge to define a new one. But when companies come to recruit students like me with a good GPA, excellent leadership training, people management experience, a profitable small business owner, I speak to hundreds at conferences, I travel and I drink good wine. I wonder why we can't find common ground in an interview or at networking events. Is it because many recruiters still present an unspoken bias toward able-bodied recruits? Do they have stigmas? This is often due to lack of understanding or simply and literally not being heard. The solution to the away this unintended bias is for companies and institutions To educate each other before recruitment begins and to utilize every high and low tech means available to obtain inclusive employment through equitable recruiting. But tech can't solve everything. The human component, the human connection is most important.
1: Thank you. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Optimistic. Thank you, Delena. Jared, I'm going to pick your third prediction as our final one. And I don't know if we're going to have time for a, for I a, I don't think we're going to have time for a lightning round, but let's just get this in here. Jared, I can give you about 90 seconds for this one. You say your mobility independence is only limited by your imagination. Jared, briefly talk to me, please. So
0: it's, The easiest way to explain this is uh, actually to give you an example. So a few years ago, I went out to um, to meet somebody at their house to evaluate him for um, a manual wheelchair, and I was looking through his notes and you know reading a little bit, and I was like, this this doesn't really sound right. So when I got there, um, I met him. He was in bed. He had been in bed for about two years. Um, he was just physically unable to operate the, the joystick on his powered wheelchair. So they thought that the manual wheelchair is the next, the next thing. So, you know, something for his caregivers to push him around in. So we got to talking and found out that he loves to be on the computer. He loves to play his video games. He's a young guy. He's got friends in other states that he, he chats with, you know, on these platforms. And I said, well, if we can, set this up so you can drive and do all these things yourself, would you want to? And his caregiver, which was his sister at the time, was, she immediately started crying because mm. she just didn't know that these things existed. So we set him up in a brand new power wheelchair that he actually drove with um, switches around his head. He was able mm. to text on his phone. Um, he was able to get on his computer and he was able to play his games um, all with the, with the help of his chair. So really all you have to do is ask, and and if there is something that you need, there's likely going to be something that can take care of that for you.
1: Thank you. Very exciting. You, you must have a very gratifying job, I'm sure, Jared. You're seeing so much progress and doing so much good for so many people giving hope. Thank you very much. We are out of time. We didn't get to your favorite drinks. We'll have to have you all back next year. We'll talk about those and all kinds of interesting things, not the least of which, yes, I'm only allowed to drink water on radio show days. No caffeine for me, and you know why. So I just want to do a shout-out to Ryan Treasure, VP of Broadcast Operations, and my, my good friend in tech and in radio who is... The co-producer of this show. I want to do a shout out to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire. And uh, he did a nice sound check with Delena with the Dynavox yesterday, and we appreciate mm-hmm. Aaron's time on that. And I want to say thank you to my wonderful panelists. You're all so smart and dedicated and committed. I admire mm-hmm. all of you. I appreciate all of you, and I wish you all wonderful things. So I'm going to say thank you to Trisha and Delena Parrish, the co-founders of Fearless Independence LLC. Keep doing great stuff, Delena. You're you're on the panel path to being a mover and a shaker uh-huh. and and a major force in making the world a happier place and a smarter place. Allie Parrish, Doctor of PT. Allie, pleasure to meet you and keep doing your very important work in pediatric PT. And Jared Rolls, I admire what you do at No Motion, and your company sounds like it's it's on the leading edge of helping so many people. And a shout-out, of course, to Jerry Altamirano at University of Florida. Jerry, we're so sorry you got sick and we missed you, but we did do your opening quote. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Everybody have a great day. We hope you've appreciated this wonderful information, the great insights from my Panelists, I want to thank you, Tricia, for helping to put this show together. You've been a real real champ and a real colleague of mine to do this. We appreciate it. So you've been listening to Technology Revolution, The Future of Now. I'm just going to say go out and be a part of making the future happen because the future hasn't happened yet, but it's just about to. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye.